I'm going to read the whole chapter to you. Because the Bible has something more for you to hear than what I've got to say. This morning we're having baptism service and it's really just been something that I thought at the beginning of the week, I said, you know what, I'll just, I'll just give a teachy-preachy message on baptism because we need to get an understanding of kind of why we do things. And it's become evident as this week's gone on that God has really been in that thought because especially towards the end of the week, I have heard and have seen such just damnable heresy about baptism. There are people out there right now that teaches that you have to be baptized in order to obtain salvation and secure salvation. Let me help you all out really quick. That's called legalism. Legalism is whenever you add works... To grace, okay? Legalism is not preaching from a King James Bible, wearing a suit and tie, and your wife wears a long dress. That's not legalism. That's just Bible standards. That's just Bible practice. Legalism is adding works to grace. And we do not do that because that's not Bible. And so I want to, uh, just for the spend of time that I have, walk you through what the Bible has to say about Baptism. There's a lot of things that you may learn you never heard before or never realized. And there's going to be some things that you already know. But here uh, in our text in John chapter 3 in verse 1, it says, In those days came John the Baptist. He was also known as John the Baptizer. What did he do? He was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He's a wild man. He's out there in the wilderness. Verse 2, what's he saying? He's saying, Repent! Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his paths straight. Verse 4, And the same John, let me stop and say this, I'm thankful for the same John. The same John, he didn't change. He didn't compromise. This man went anywhere he could to preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And when people would come by their way and they would mock him. Oh yeah, they mocked him. You you say, how do you know he mocked him? Because he told them to repent. See, that's not ear tickling preaching this morning. I'm talking about, if you read your Bible, his head got served up on a platter. Why did he get served up on uh, by a, pl- a platter? Because he went to the king. He looked the king right in his face and said, Sir, you've been shacking up. He called out his sin. That's what got his head took off. He wasn't really liked. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't building a big following on Facebook. No. He didn't have a whole lot of likes. If they had Facebook, he wouldn't have a whole lot of likes because he was a Bible preacher. He was John the Baptist. And the Bible said... The same John, he didn't change with every trend, with every wind of doctrine. He stayed the same. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins. And his meat was, was locusts and wild honey. How would you like that as a diet? It's a wild man. Everybody thought he was crazy. Verse 5, Then went out to him in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Judea and all the region about Jordan. Verse 6, start paying attention here. And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Verse 7, but, oh, there's always that but crowd. 
Who's the butt crowd? Who's the one? Who who's the one that wants to butt everything? Who's them billy goats that want to butt everything? Bible says many of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, you know that crowd that just sits on the pew wants to butt everything that man of, want, man of God wants to do. Yeah, that's that crowd. Yeah, but but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, "Listen, this is what he said to that religious crowd. Oh, well, let's just hold hands." And sing Kumbaya, let's just all get along. What did he say? He said to them, Old generation of vipers. Woo! He's name calling now. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? What he's saying, oh, you religious crowd, you ain't but a bunch of dirty snakes, and you're going to get what's coming to you. Bible said it. I'm just proclaiming it. Verse 8. Bring forth their fruit. Therefore, fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. And, and I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. God said. Verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me, which is Jesus, is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Jesus, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, comma, and with fire. Now, Pentecostals like to stop there. They don't want to read the next Next verse, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So when he says he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, that's safe, folk. At the moment of salvation, you got all of God that you will ever get. At the moment of salvation. You're not waiting for a second working. You're not waiting for a confirmation. You're not waiting to speak in tongues. You're waiting. Uh, you're not waiting for nothing. You get everything at the moment of salvation. But for those that are not saved. What's the Bible say? And with fire. Their final judgment and damnation is the lake of fire. Verse 12 also gives us a commentary about that. He said he's going to purge the, his floor. God's going to find out who's really his. And those that are just giving lip service. God's going to find out who actually received the Holy Ghost at the moment of salvation. The, the, the great Methodist preacher, William Booth, founder of uh, the Salvation Army, said that one of the chief dangers facing uh, the 20th century was that there was going to be salvation without the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, and I believe that we're seeing that even in the 21st century. People will make a profession of their faith with their mouth, but their lives never change. The fruit that they bear is corrupt fruit. And what did the Bible say about those that don't bring forth good fruit? They're thrown in the fire. That means that they may have proclaimed with their mouth that they're saved, but the Holy Ghost of God did not arrest their heart and truly convict them, and they truly did not give their life to Christ. What are you saying, preacher? There's an evidence in your life that you're saved. Things will be different for you. Now let's get to the good part. Verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him. 
John the Baptist told Jesus no. Mm. He said, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him, and Jesus, when he was baptized, Jesus was baptized? Y'all see that? Jesus, Jesus got baptized. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. That means he got dumped. Nobody, nobody done this right here. His Bible. He went down and he was raised straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. It's not a dove. There was no dove there. There was no dove. As pretty as the pictures are, there was no dove there. Like a dove. Dove is a representation of innocence, purity, and peace. And lighting upon him. There was like an, like an aura around him. Verse 17, And lo, the voice of heaven saying, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Let's get to the message. I want you to see that John the Baptist didn't want to baptize Jesus for two reasons. First reason is John felt unworthy before him to even perform this rite. The right to the only begotten. He felt like he was inadequate. He, he said, Jesus, I'm not even worthy to perform this rite, this ceremony. To dunk you under the water and to raise you up. I'm not even worthy. I like John. John's a crazy man. I can just imagine some, some long-haired hippie, if you will. Just, just, just a shaggy hair out there in the middle of nowhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. He's the same John. He don't change. And, he's, he's, and he realizes that he's God's man. But that did not puff him up with pride. He had a sense of humility to realize that even though he is out here doing all these great works for the Lord, he's not even worthy to baptize Jesus the Christ. Second thing I see was Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus did not even have the ability to sin. He was 100% man and 100% God. But he didn't even have the ability to sin. If he ever could sin, I'd, I'd watch out. Because he might just mess up right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father. He can't sin. So there was no need, in John's mind, to baptize him. So we're going to see this morning the why, the who, and the how. Number one, why did Jesus want to be baptized? Well, firstly, we see in, in our text this morning, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 6, that people were baptized after they had confessed their sins. So after you confess your sins, you're to be baptized. We also see in Matthew chapter 3, 11, that they were baptized after they repented of their sins. That means to turn away from their sins and to turn to God. So Christ had no sins to confess. And Christ had no sins to repent from. So why, preacher, why did Jesus get baptized? Well, simply, Jesus got baptized to show us Christians what we need to do after salvation. 
You see, it is a symbol. And you've heard me say it and I'll continue to say it. It is a symbol. Water baptism is a symbol of an inward change. Why? Because we got the true baptism. The baptism of the Holy Ghost at the moment of salvation. And so we are publicly professing ourselves to others. Jesus says, if you deny me before others, I'll deny you before, before my Father. It's a public profession of faith to show everybody that we have been saved. Number two, or, or in number one, sub point two, Jesus is now receiving his anointing with the Holy Ghost. Now, here's something that I'm, uh, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm quite certain none of y'all have had this even preached to you, even though it's in the Bible. See, right here, Jesus was receiving his anointing with the Holy Ghost, according to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Let's read it again. And Jesus, when uh, he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now, this is his threefold office. He's getting his anointing from the Holy Ghost for his threefold office. You say, what threefold office? Haven't you read the Old Testament? You know that thing that everybody says we're no longer under the law, so they disregard the law, they disregard it, they just throw it out. They don't want the Old Testament in their Bible. Well, the Old Testament is a fulfillment, or Jesus fulfilled that Old Testament, and so it still applies. So if we want to understand what's going on in the New Testament, we have to understand the Old Testament. Exodus chapter uh, uh, 29 verses 4 through 7 has the answers. Because his threefold office was the office of a prophet, priest, and king, and that is in the Levitical order of Exodus 29. We find that Jesus is our high priest. He, he, he is our, the prophet, and, and he, is, he is the king. And we find that the high priest, according to Exodus chapter number 29, was first washed, then anointed. Why did he get dunked? He had to be washed. Whenever the, whenever the Spirit of God descended like a dove... That's the Holy Ghost anointing him. Man, ain't that wonderful? The best commentary for the Bible is the Bible. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. If you want to understand this, study it out. So we see that is why he had to fulfill the law. That's why Jesus got baptized. He got baptized to fulfill what thus saith the Lord. Not because he was a sinner. Secondly, y'all like this? This is the shortest point I got. Who was there when Jesus was baptized? John the Baptist, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Ghost. Two people there. You just named God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and God the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these three are one. Let's get, to that, let's get to that next passage of Scripture. Turn with me in the same book, Matthew chapter 28. That's the last chapter. Last chapter. I want you all to see three verses. last three verses. Matthew chapter 28. Verses 18, 19, and 20. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Jesus got His anointing. He got His power. He had His power. But He's proven to humanity in His own way. Verse 19. Go. Ye therefore. Now, I know I'm a, I'm a native to the mountains, but I've learned Columbus County is similar to Rolfton County. We like to say the word y'all. That word ye is y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, y'all think the New King James just updated the these and thous? No, they corrupted the text is what they did. Go ye therefore... That that ain't just the preacher. That's all y'all. And the plural of y'all's is y'all's. Just so y'all know. That ain't good English. That's good Bible. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Is it talking to the preacher there? It's It's telling everybody sitting on the pew to teach. Yeah. How do you do it? It's in your conversations. When you're at work. When you're, you're in the community. How's it work just telling others what Jesus has done for you? Why don't you tell them what the preacher preached on this Sunday? Amen. About baptism. Teach them, teach them what your pastor's teaching you. Teach all nations. How do, we, how do we teach all nations from Columbus County, preacher? We support missionaries like Joshua Rhodes that goes to the Philippines. That's how we do it. Yeah. I want y'all to see this. This, is, this ain't like Uncle Si from Duck Dynasty when he's driving down the road and he sees the speed limit and he's like, Si, you're speeding. He's like, oh, that's just a suggestion. <laughs> Say the suggestion. It's a command. Who's given the command? Us Baptists love the words in red. Jesus. Preacher, just preach Jesus. I am. <laughs> Go ye therefore. It's a commandment. And teach all nations, comma, there's something else he wants to throw in there. Baptizing them. How do we baptize? Oh, you know, Acts 3, Acts 2, 1 Peter 3, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There is false religion, false doctrine running rampant in so many different denominations that are less than 100 years old that baptize in Jesus' name only. Why do they do that? Because they deny the Trinity. They deny God the Father. They deny God the Holy Ghost. And they deny God the Son. Yet they are so charismatic, they want to push their gifts of the Holy Ghost. Yet they deny Jesus. They deny the Father. They deny the Holy Ghost. What's the Bible say? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In command, in obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Buried with Him in the likeness of His death. Raised to walk in newness of life. Where'd that come from? What I just said is not from our Baptist faith and message, which they crammed down our throats at Fruitland to make it co-equal to Scripture. It didn't come from that. That's a tradition of man. It's not a problem. The good thing is that backs it up with Scripture. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded unto you. So when you get saved, that ain't it for you. There's more to grow with. There's more to go with. Teaching them to observe all things. All the Bible doctrines, all the Bible principles, all the Bible precepts. It is our duty, church, to take those that just got saved and teach them from this Bible. He said, Preacher, I don't know Scripture like you. It's okay, you can. When I first got called to preach, I could probably quote three or four verses, that's it. I mean, I, could, I couldn't even tell you. If you asked me where the book of Hebrews was, 
I didn't even know it was in the Bible. I thought that was a Jewish thing. When I first got called to preach, didn't know the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. What, what are you trying to say? I'm saying you can learn your Bible. And you can do this great commission. Who can baptize, preacher? The church. Not just the pastor. Well, the pastor's always done. That's how, they, that's how mama and them did it. That's how Papa and them did it. And that's how them folks before them did it. The Bible's talking to the church saying that anybody can baptize the other. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded unto you. Lastly, lo, I am with you always. You see that? Old preacher, he, 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 he done went on to, to glory. Brother Charles Worley out in Maiden. He was talking one time. He, he would go across country to different meetings. I'm talking about just a mighty man of God. Uh, just, just a devout Christian. But he would go all the way from Maiden, North Carolina, which is about an hour from where I'm from, north of me. And he would travel as far as Texas. He would go as far as Arizona. He wouldn't go to that godless state called California. That's what he said, not me. That's what he said. He would go, he would go all the way out there by car. I said, preacher, why don't you get a plane? And just fly over there. It'd be a lot quicker. He said, oh, because Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Jesus says, lo, I'm with you always. He ain't going to be up there with me when I'm in the plane. Y'all a rough crowd. That's the best I got. I thought it was hilarious. Especially from him. Y'all think I'm me. Yeah, he was a bulldog. He said, lo, I'm with you always. Jesus is promising you this. That whenever you get saved, He's not going to leave you. He's promising that even when things get tough, He's going to be with you. But more than just that, when you actually start to step out into what God has called you to do, it's it's a scary place. It's called outside your comfort zone. And us Americans love to live there. When God has called you Christian to serve Him with the gifts and the capacity that you have, He said, I will be with you even then. I will give you boldness in places you didn't think you'd have boldness. I will give you encouragement when you feel like you're on the island by yourself. When you feel like you're the only one even trying, I will comfort you. When you you realize that you're the only one that stepped up to the task and assumed responsibility, and everyone else is just spectators, commentators. See, I, I told you we shouldn't have done that. Told you we shouldn't have voted on that. Even when that crowd comes against you, God said, I'll be with you. He doesn't just give it to the preacher. He gives it to the Christian. Gives it to the Christian. And so whenever we see that God is with us in all circumstances, we understand that He's going to take care of us. Let me throw this in there because I flat out just, I got to preach in the Holy Ghost. I flat out missed it. I want to show y'all something as well. Whenever, whenever, whenever he's talking about baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, we see that word name in our King James Bible. That's singular. It's singular for a reason. Why is it singular? Because it's one. That's right. It affirms that there's one God. It also shows that God subsists and a personality which is threefold, indicated by relationship as father and son, by mode of being as a spirit, 
and by the different parts taken by the Godhead in manifestation in the work of redemption. These three persons are in manifestation together as one. It's one God. One Godhead. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 talks about the Godhead. Third thing is the conjunction of one name and of three affirms the equality and the oneness of God. There are some people out there that speak of the Holy Ghost as if it's some kind of red-headed stepchild like, it, like he don't belong. And we say the Holy Ghost, and y'all understand. But if we're going to be biblically correct, it's, it's not the Holy Ghost, it's Holy Ghost. He is a person. Holy Ghost is Jesus. Jesus is God. What, what in the world just happened there? It's three in one. It's three in one. There are those that deny the Trinity, and I could, I could unload and just go on for days about it. But the reason that we baptize is because Jesus commanded us to. It's a commandment upon your profession of faith in obedience with the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, what's the big deal? You must not know your church history. You must not know about the Waldensians. I guess the, I guess the other group before us, before we were called Baptists, was the Anabaptists. Unfortunately, they, they kind of went corrupt. And, and they're, they're now called Mennonites and Amish. Uh, well, how'd they go corrupt? They add works to grace. They want to keep the law. That's what they want to do. But if you study your Baptist history, the, Bible, the, the, the Baptist Bible doctrines are found in the apostles in the early church. I can show you, not today, I can show you how Baptists from 2022 have a straight line all the way back to Jesus. All the way back to the apostles. They never went into the Catholic church. They stay separated. You say, preacher, what's the big deal? Baptists have been raped, have been tortured, have been murdered because they take believers and dump them in water throughout church history. It's a bloody religion, friend. That's why the Baptists fell under persecution. Because they did not add works to grace. They would not fall back into that legalistic trap that so many other false religions wanted to go with. And so whenever we get up here, we've seen it by tradition. Understand that what you're doing is something sacred, our candidates. It's something holy. It's something that millions before you have done beforehand and understand that whenever you go in that water the very one that died for you done the exact same thing say preacher why do you make it a big deal this bible makes it a big deal i was called to make it a big deal amen listen 